glad because none of us are worthy of Jesus, that he died on the cross so that we could be his, so we could have a new identity. That's awesome. Um, we read in our quiet time this morning a very, very scary passage. Matthew chapter 7 is, is extremely difficult to read, I think. And to comprehend what it, what, it, what it means. Part of that says, many will come to him on that day and say, Lord, Lord, I did all this stuff. And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Wow. And when they say that in the original language that the Bible was written, when it was just one Lord, that was just like people, you know, maybe claiming to know Christ. But when it said, Lord, Lord. He was talking about the people that claim Jesus. The people that say they're Christians, the church-going folk, the camp-going kids. Um, people that say, yeah, I love Jesus. And it's going to happen. Those folks are going to stand before God someday and say, hey, Jesus, I did this for you. I did this for you. I worked at camp. I took, I took my Bible to school. I did all the stuff. He says, sorry, I don't even know you. Go. I hope that's nobody here. I hope that does not happen to you. And the good thing is we can know whether we're going to be in heaven or not. Somebody once said, you miss heaven by 18 inches from here to here. A lot of people know Christ, know of him. They they speak the language in the church. They know when to stand, sit, sing, and pray. Yet they don't know him. And there's nobody in here that goes to my my church down here in Tennessee. It's just like two minutes down the road. And um, my youth group is having Sunday school right now. And eleven o'clock, everybody's gonna go upstairs. We have one tradition in my church, one tradition only. We sing Amazing Grace every time we meet, sing the first verse, shake everybody's hand, and come back and sing the second or the last verse. That's our new tradition. But we'll do that. We'll go through our form and ritual. And I've told this to my Sunday school class, and it's no secret. I don't feel bad about saying it because they post it on Facebook. But I can tell you about at least two people that will be in church this morning saying, yeah, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, and I'm here, I know when to stand, sit, sing, and pray. And yet their Facebook tells me a whole different story. The stuff they post. In fact, I just unfollowed one of them. I, I, I kept him on because I, I want to be there. I want to know. I, I want to help him. But I just unfriended him because I could not stand his filthy posts on Facebook. And I'm afraid. I don't want to judge him like first part of Matthew chapter 7 says judge not. Everybody loves that verse because when you go to correct somebody, judge not. <laughs> you can answer him by saying, where does it say that? Oh no, I don't know what's in here. <laughs> yeah, it's Matthew chapter 7. Read a little further and it tells you how to rightly judge. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm afraid he is one of those people that's going to stand before God and say, God's going to say, sorry, my friend. <laughs> 
want to spend eternity with you guys. That's the final judgment, and you're separated from him forever in hell. Yeah. And it's a choice, heaven or hell. You know, that's the choice. It's serious stuff. You know, I'm afraid a lot of people are playing games. Um, But you don't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven. And it's more than just going to heaven in the sweet by and by. It's living with him right now. It's enjoying that new identity, that abundant life. Okay? We're going to talk about that this morning, and I'll probably give you that opportunity at the end if you don't know Christ. Maybe you have been playing games. Maybe you're just not sure, or maybe you know you're not a Christian and you want to make that decision today. But um, how many have been to a funeral in the past year or two? The cause of that is underneath this towel. How many have ever been injured within the last year or two? The cause of that is underneath this towel. I think I'm right in saying this. I may be wrong, but I have thought and thought and thought, and I cannot think of an example where it proved me wrong. So I'm thinking I'm right in saying, how many have ever had a problem in the last 24 hours? Uh, Last whatever. I think I'm right in saying the cause of all your problems is under that towel. You ready to see it? Pretty scary. being the professional magician that I am I'm going to wave my fingers and right before you transform it into something, you ready? It's pretty amazing, watch Boogity boogity (laughs) Pretty cool, huh? (laughs) I did It is now the letter I The letter I think that's good watch this put it behind my back it's now the number one yeah Thank you. 25 bucks I teach you maybe all right uh, Once you get up here, grab a chair off the front and bring it up. Here, be up here a while. Bring a chair up here. One of you on this side, one of you on this side. Go ahead and have the seat in a chair.
State your name for the studio audience, please. Courtney Turner. This is Courtney. And Kendall. Courtney and Kendall. Okay, Courtney and Kendall. Kind of scoot a little bit this way. Good. Hold the stick. Wonderful. The letter I. That is the cause of all our problems. What's the middle letter in I? Why? E-Y-E. Why did I ask that? Because I'm tired. Okay. What's the middle letter in sin? I. Yeah. Hang with me. We'll get it right. Okay. Sin is the cause of all our problems. If anybody can think of a problem that isn't caused by sin, you know, let me know because I want to know the truth. But I can't think of anything, you know, because we live in a broken, fallen world. You can rest your arms if you want. <laughs> After the message, you'll be uh, Adam and Eve sinned, right? They disobeyed. And not only did that affect their lives, it affected the world. We live in a broken, fallen world. Now, I'm not saying every time you get the flu, it's because you did a certain sin. God is not a God up there going, just waiting for you to sin. Ah, Paul has sinned. No. You know. <laughs> no. But we do have sickness in the world. We do have death in the world. We do have problems in the world. We do have glasses in the world. This is a joke. <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything. Has anybody ever seen a faith healer on TV? A faith healer, like a preacher that heals everybody that wants to be healed. Did you, ever, did you ever wonder why most of those people wear glasses? Because they can't see. If, if they're healing everybody, why don't you, you know, I just always wondered that. Anyway, um, the cause of our problems is sin, okay? Sin. I think of hair. In heaven, everybody's going to have a perfect body, and everybody's going to be bald, right? Okay. <laughs> Yeah. But guys, they sinned. We're born sinners. We sin. We've got problems. We've got issues. We've got sin. Okay? This rope is going to be the way I trip <laughs> our life. Okay? We've got sin in our life. We're going to tie that on there. It's stuck on here, okay? Okay, let go of the ro uh, stick and hang on to the ropes. And we'll continue from there. Okay. So we've got sin in our life. Make sure it's on good. Sin in our life. Um, I want to take you back to Adam and Eve again. And also check out how we relate as well. Adam and Eve, again, God gave them a choice. He said, you can eat off any tree in the garden except the one in the middle of the garden. Don't eat off of it. That's sin. You're disobeying me. Now think about what they did. Remember what's the power of sin? The law. Focusing on what you're not supposed to do. 
What did they do? Focused on what they weren't supposed to do. Think of what they had. They could eat off any tree in the stinking world. And that probably included tomatoes and vegetables and stuff like that too. I'm just guessing. But they could have eaten guava, kiwi, apple, orange, pear, lime, lemon. Not that you'd want to eat a lemon. Uh, but everything. They had the entire world. One little fruit they couldn't eat. They focused on what they weren't supposed to do. They set themselves up for failure. They failed. They disobeyed. The world fell. Okay? Let's check out some of these things here. Got a blue scarf here. We're going to let it be lying. Telling lies, believing lies. Know the truth. The truth will make you free. If they knew the truth and they practiced it, they wouldn't have fallen. So to speak. They fell for a lie. Satan came down, tempted Eve, said, Did God say you're not supposed to eat off that tree? Yeah, we can't eat, can't touch it, we'll die. Satan said, You're not going to die. Lie. Did you know you can lie to your blue in the face and uh, you can fool your parents, fool your teachers, fool your friends? You can fool yourself. You can lie to yourself. You can't fool God. They fell for the lie. They fell for Satan's lie. And then I think they lied to themselves. He said, God's withholding that from us. And Satan said, you're going to be like God. You're going to be your own little God. You can be God. Yeah, we can be God. They believed the lie. The lie that Satan told them. The lie they told themselves. How many of us have ever lied? done it too, haven't we? How many, of us, how many of us have ever lied to ourselves? I've done that. Sin in our life. I'm going to put that on here. Because that's on our life now. Check out another one. Uh, let's go with this one. Anger. Satan was angry. He was angry at God for kicking him out. I wanted to be God. He wouldn't let me. I'm mad. I'm angry. He's still angry. I think Adam and Eve were angry as well. That's not fair. How come God won't let us eat that fruit? He's being mean to us. He mean he ain't ever do that to his parents. Any of us ever been angry? Anger. Adam and Eve messed up. We messed up. Put that in our life. You drop something. You're welcome. Anytime. It's in our life. What is the uh, green-eyed monster? Yeah. The old saying, the green-eyed monster is jealousy. Okay. Satan was jealous. He was jealous of God. Adam and Eve were jealous. They wanted something they couldn't have.
Any of us? Jealousy? Yeah. Now, it's not wrong to want something, okay? Like if uh, Ellie has cool shoes. Thanks for coming up. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not wrong for me to say, man, I'd like a pair of shoes like that. Not that I would because they're girls. But um, that's not wrong. But if I say I want her shoes, it's jealousy, okay? We can get jealous, haven't we? Put that in her life. We might. This one. Now, this is an old saying that I've heard of. I wasn't around when they said it because I'm not old. But, oh, you are tired, aren't you? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I was around when this saying was going around. When someone says you're yellow, what's that mean? Besides you have jaundice. <laughs> See, you know, oh, we, do we know? No? See, we don't say this anymore. One more, yeah. Two things. Yeah, ding, ding. Okay. Did you learn that from your dad? Because that would mean he's old. You heard the old saying. Yellow belly. Okay. Um, yeah, coward. Why is that a sin? Well, think about it. Adam and Eve were cowards. They didn't stand up for what was right. Anybody been a coward? Yeah. Did not stand up for what was right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, in this day and age we live in, wow, do we need to stand up for what's right? Yes. Do we need to do it in a mean fashion? No. We need to do it in love. But guys, there's a lost and dying world out there, believing all kinds of lies, all kinds of social issues that are lies that God says, hey, don't go there. And we're saying, even as a country, hey, it's okay. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> she'll never know. Um, but in this day and age, we need to stand up for what's right. We need to do it in love. We don't hate people, but so many things. We need to stand up for what's right. And many times, we're cowards. Sin of being a coward. And this last one, sorry, I'm keeping you awake. Uh, <laughs> you guys are great dog. Thank you for listening. You're awesome. Um, this one's probably the most dangerous. Is there donuts back there? That's what I'm wondering. Everybody's going back. Um, the guys, this one's probably the most dangerous. This looks pure and clean, doesn't it? A lot of people think, I'm okay. There's people in Matthew chapter 7. I'm good. I'm not doing anything really bad. I'm a pretty good person. It's called self-righteousness. Think Adam and Eve had that? I think so. I can eat that off that tree. I'm okay. I'll be fine. The sin of self-righteousness.
So there we are. Adam and Eve had sin in their life. We've got sin in our life. We're sinners. Separated from God. That's in our life. Okay, guys, if you will stand up, hang on to your rope, and untie the pretty little knots you've tied. Thank you. Put this close to you, our life, because we messed up our life. We've sinned. We've disobeyed. Okay? Go ahead and step back just a little bit that way. Good. Stop. Um, Courtney, give me one of your ropes, your choice. Thank you. Kendall, one of your ropes. Can tie it on there because we're stuck with it unless we get rid of it. How do we get rid of it? Man, what? I mean, that was rhetorical. I mean, you put your hands down. Uh, <laughs> um, it was just a question you ask and you don't expect an answer. Thank you no, for being willing. Um, we sang songs all about the cross this morning. Now, Aaron, I don't know if you planned that after I talked to you this morning and told you what I was. I didn't even plan. Yeah. God planned that. Because that's what we're talking about. We were stuck with this sin. God loved us so much, He didn't want us to pay for our own sin, which was rather nice of Him, I thought. Here's what He did He sent His only Son, Jesus, down to this earth who was God in a human form. Like I said yesterday, everybody gets to be God except God. He does the exact opposite and becomes man. He was born a little baby. We celebrate that at Christmas time. That was God coming down and taking on human flesh. Think about humbling, humbling that is. I mean, why would a God want to do that? But he did. Lived a perfect sinless life. He never had any of this stuff in his life. And then one day, and this was not a plan that went wrong. This was the plan to start with. He took our, he, they took him. They gave him a false trial. They tied him to a post. And they took a whip with little broken pieces of pottery and bones and stuff whipped him, ripped him to shreds. They um, put a purple robe on him, signifying royalty, and they bowed before him. Oh, king of the Jews. Were they worshiping him? No, they were making fun of him. They gave him a little scepter to hold. Here's your little king scepter. They spit on him. Punched him out. Some guy, I can't even imagine the mind of this guy, gets an idea. He runs out, and this is the way I picture it. The Bible doesn't describe it, but he goes outside to where he knows there's a bunch of thorns growing, grabs a bunch of thorns, being very careful not to cut himself. Wouldn't want to do that. As he's running in, I can imagine him weaving it into what looks like a crown. Okay, and you got your little scepter, you got your purple robe, here's your crown. Slams it on his head. Then they take the scepter hit him on the head with it, driving those thorns in. This was all planned before the world began, by the way, by God. Because of his great love for us. Wow. He must love us. 
they took him out, took him up on a hill, and they hung him on a cross. They nailed him there. While he was hanging on that cross, God the Father punished him. Not for anything he did. He's perfect. But for the times we were angry. For the times we thought we were okay. For the times we didn't stand up for what was right. For the times we've lied. All our sin. At one point, and please listen to what I'm saying here. At one point, Jesus became the most filthiest person that ever lived on the planet. The Bible says he became sin for us. It doesn't say he just took our sin. He became sin. Think of the worst thing you've ever done, the worst sin. Jesus became that sin. The worst part about this whole ordeal, I think, is when God the Father turned his back on his son. Sin separates. Somehow this one God was separated. God the Father separated from God the Son. Jesus died on that cross. They buried him. They just celebrated Easter. What happened three days later? rose from the dead. He's in heaven right now offering us an absolutely free gift. A free gift of getting this stuff out of our lives. Of being forgiven. As I told you, I did that when I was 12 years old. And Jesus came down. Hang on to your ropes, guys. And he took my sin away. I will never be punished eternally for my sin. I can stand here confident and say that. I deserve to be punished. But Jesus said, no, I'll take it. And my question to you this morning is this. Who has your sin? Have you honestly been forgiven? Have you honestly made that decision? Yeah, Jesus, I am hereby trusting you because I believe in you. I trust you. To forgive me. You know, a lot of times you hear testimonies. I was saved when I was five years old, and that can happen. But a lot of times it's these people just pray this little prayer. It's a one, two, three, repeat after me, and you're good. Uh-uh. It's a decision you make. And yeah, just like when I was 12, I didn't understand everything. But I understand, I understood that I had sinned. And I needed forgiveness. And I knew that Jesus paid for it. And he said, yeah, if you will trust me to do that, I will do it. And that's what happened. How about you? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Or are you one of those Matthew 7 people that just claim it? Let's bow our heads. With your head's bowed, no one looking around. You can trust Christ right now while I'm talking. 
don't have to have help. You don't have to have a certain prayer. It's you putting all your trust in Him. You're transferring your trust from you to Him. You're saying, I can't do it. I'm lost. I'm, I'm without Christ. And Jesus, I need you. If you would like help with that prayer, I'm going to pray a sample prayer. It's just a sample. Again, it's not one, two, three, repeat this thing. It's you talking to God and placing your trust in Him. If you understand that, you've never done it, or maybe you're not sure, and you'd like to nail it down today, you'd like to put your trust in Christ, you can pray this silently. He hears your thoughts. Just pray something like this. Dear Jesus, I know I have done wrong things. I was born a sinner, separated from you. That's who I am. I don't want to be that. I want to be your child. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sin. I believe you rose from the dead. I'm asking you and placing my trust in you to forgive me and come into my life. Again, with no one looking around, I'm not going to call your name out, although if you trust him, you should want to tell people. But I love you guys. I'd just like to know. If you just prayed that prayer and you'd like to let me know, would you put your hand up and put it back down? Anybody? Okay, thank you. Jesus, I thank you for these ones that have told me they put their trust in you. Father, if they truly have done that, you meant what you said. You've, you've come into their life, forgiven them of past, present, and future sin, forgiven them of being a sinner. You've changed them into a saint. You've made them a new creation just while we're sitting in here, God. And all those things we talked about yesterday are theirs now. They can claim that. They can claim you as, as their father. And one day, when we stand before you, you're not going to say, depart from me. You're going to say, come on in. What a wonderful promise, God. Thank you for loving us so much. Why you'd want to love me, I have no clue. But I'm so thankful you do. Thanks, God. In Jesus' name. Anybody ever been to a Christian concert like Freedom Hall or somewhere? Thompson Bowling Arena. 